There is a name, a name above all of them. This name has the endless test of time. This name has changed the lives of untold millions. This name is Jesus, and it's Jesus. He's mine. His name lives on and shall live on forever. While kings and kingdoms shall all pass away. He is the Lord of all, the King of all creation. The name of Jesus is living on today. To blot his name from history, denying all the many, many great things he has done. I've heard them curse his name, and they say there was no Calvary. Father, we thank you to be in your house today. 
We thank you that the name of Jesus is alive and well this morning. And, Lord, we thank you that you are the name whereby men can be saved. Lord, if there is one that doesn't know you this morning, may they come to an altar of a saving knowledge of your grace this morning. Lord, we thank you to be in your house. Lord, we pray for those that are not well amongst our number. Lord, we lift our pastor's wife up, Sister Shirley, right now, God. Lord, she is at home and she is not well, and she needs a touch from the Almighty this morning. Lord, as we reach out to touch the hem of your garment, Lord, may you take hold of her today, Jesus. And Lord, let her know that you are not forgot, that she is not forgotten, but Lord, that you remember where she is this morning. And Lord, I ask you to touch her body, Lord, that that would be a witness, God, Lord, that you have touched her, God. Lord, let her testify, Lord, that she remembers the minute and the hour that you raised her body up, God. We thank you this morning, God, and we are trusting you, God. Lord, we lift you up today, and we invite you into this assembly. It's in the name of Jesus this morning. I used to be so lonesome, I never had a friend. Always looking out for number one Didn't know where I was going Didn't know where I had been Life I lived that had me on the run One day Jesus found me He took my sin away Showed me what I thought I could never see. He put me in his family. He's with me to this day. Let me tell you what salvation's done for me. I used to be a blind man, but now my vision's clear. Mercy came and drove the shame. mind with Jesus that drives out every fear stronger than I thought I'd ever be can't tell you why he loves me as bad as I had been why I'm worthy of this life of victory I know I'm not a scholar just a sinner saved by grace but I can tell you what salvation's done for me one day when life is over I'll come to my reward where heaven waits for those who've been set free with saints from all the ages in the presence of my Lord this is what salvation's done for me. Oh, I used to be a blind man, but now my vision's clear. Mercy came and drove the shame from me. There's peace of mind with Jesus. He drives out every fear. I'm stronger than I thought I'd ever be. bad as I have been why I'm worthy of this 
for victory Oh, I know I'm not a scholar I'm a sinner saved by grace But this is what salvation's done for me Oh, I used to be a blind man But now my vision's clear Mercy came and drove the shame from me There's peace of mind with Jesus He drives out every fear I'm stronger than I thought I'd ever be Can't tell you why he loves me As bad as I had been Why I'm worthy of this life of victory I know I'm not a scholar Just a sinner saved by grace Let me tell you what salvation's done for me I can tell you what salvation's done. It's brought peace. It's brought love. It's given me a heavenly home. Because this is what salvation's done for me. I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me. All my days, I've been held in your hands. From the moment that I wake up until I lay my head, oh, I will sing of the goodness of God.
Crimson stain, he 
sin had left a crimson stain, he Soldiers fighting Satan every day. We're standing up for Jesus while we're kneeling down to pray. If his precious blood has cleansed you and washed away your sins, that makes you a member of the blood washed man. Praise God, I'm a member of the blood soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb. I was bound by chains of sin till one day the Master came and made me a member of the blood-washed band. Praise God, I'm a member of the blood-washed band. I've been washed in the soul-cleansing blood of the Marching till we reach the goal For the battle's almost over And we'll soon be going home Hear the sound As the saints go marching in Singing praises to the captain Of the blood-washed band Praise God, I'm a member of the blood-washed band I've been washed in the soul-cleansing blood of Marching till we reach the goal For the battle's almost over And we'll soon be going home I can hear the sound of angels As the saints go marching in Singing praises to the captain Of the blood-washed band Praise God, I'm a member of the blood-washed band I've been washed in the soul-cleansing blood Till one day the master came and made me a member of the blood-washed band. Praise God, I'm a member of the blood-washed band. I've been washed in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb. I was bound by chains of sin till one day the master came. Till one day the master came and he made me a member of the blood washed man. Praise God. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh, oh my soul, worship his holy name. Sing like
I saw the Lord seated on his throne. He was clothed in glory and exalted high. And the tree.
Today, if you, I was thinking about the song Skylar sang about sometimes it brings the rain. How many know sometimes troubles come? Sometimes our day that we think is so set, we got our plans set, but sometimes God's trying to change things and we won't change, uh, especially when you get older. You don't like changes. I don't like to change. I don't like to move the furniture. I don't like to look behind it because I know I'm going to need to do something like work and sweep and paint and mop and all the other junk. So sometimes we don't make moves, but yet at the same time, God knows sometimes he has to bring the rain. And can I tell you something? We can trust him. When he brings the rain, it's okay. Don't worry about it. None of us know exactly what our tomorrows are. This life is short, and it holds a lot of changes sometimes in our life. When you're young, and there's young people here today, that that's who I really want to address this message to, because this is what God spoke to my heart. Woke me up this week about something, and I never thought about it until then. I want to talk about prayer. I want to talk about answered prayer. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if you're going to get this the way I'm saying it, but I'm going to try my best to explain it. If you got your Bible, turn to Samuel, 1 Samuel, the first chapter. How many have sought God for an answer? How many knows that when we cry out to God, we expect God to move, don't we? We actually expect to hear from him some way I'm looking for God to move. Sometimes I've prayed and it's been very silent. Anybody ever been there? Sometimes I've prayed and got an answer in a short time. He'll give me the answer. Sometimes it comes through a radio station. It can come through somebody that knows nothing about God. But sometimes God answers our prayers just lets us know that he can answer us anytime he wants to. God can rear up right in the middle of a loud room and speak right to your heart and speak right to your ear. He knows exactly what's going on in your mind and he knows what you think and what you believe and what your cry to him is. Your cry awakes the master, the song says, and I believe it's true and I believe there's something missing when the church don't believe that prayer is important. Prayer is the greatest important thing. It's that relationship. It's that longing in my heart that I know I'm insufficient and he is sufficient. And I need him every day, every hour of my life. You need him. But I thought about that and I want to go to 1 Samuel and I want to read this. I want to look at... Uh, at verse 1, it talks about Elkanah. Elkanah is an uh, Ephraimite. He's from the tribe of Ephraim. And he was raised in a little mountain, uh, in the Ephraim mountain, and he was raised in a town that I'm not going to try to mention it. It's there in that first chapter, Ramatham Zophim. And he came out of the mountain every year, and he went to Shiloh. Shiloh's where the... Uh, Ark of the Covenant was, it's where they went and they prayed. And he took his wives and he went there. Now I want you to hear this story because I want to get something out of it. 
I want you to hear this part, and I want you to look down at verse 5. Verse 5, it says, But unto Hannah he gave a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah, but the Lord had shut up her womb. Now listen to me, young, young women, young men, listen to me. God sometimes stops. You may say, Lord, I want that perfect husband, and Lord, I want that perfect wife. And I remember dating Shirley 49 years ago, 50 years ago, when we were dating in high school. And I can remember thinking to myself, Lord, that's my wife in the future. This is who you sent me, God. And the more I was around her, the more I realized that God had brought us together. But can I tell you something? I'm not trying to toot our horn or anything like that. But I realize that God brings a great love. That does not fix everything. Can I tell you? That doesn't promise you you're going to have the greatest life and the greatest family or the greatest answered prayers of everything, but yet you still need to be hooked up with who God sends you. Now, why am I saying this? I want you to hear this because Hannah couldn't do anything about it. Neither could her husband do anything about it. She couldn't have children. They didn't have 50 doctors to go to. They didn't have uh, uh, the scientific uh, minds today to figure out what was wrong. But it was obviously, the way God has said it, it was Hannah that had the problem, and God had shut her up. Now look at verse 8. Then said Elkanah, her husband, to her, Hannah, why weep thou, and why eatest thou not, and why is thy heart grieved? Am not I better to thee than ten sons? He's trying to tell Hannah, don't you know I love you anyway? Don't you know because you, even though you haven't got children, even though you have brought forth no child, I still love you. You know what? I can't do no more. I'm doing all that I know to do, and it's not nothing I can do about it. Sometimes we get desperate in our cry. Sometimes we begin to cry. And I'll promise you there's people here today that's crying out to God for something. You're crying out for God to answer prayer. And sometimes it's a little rain going on in your life. Sometimes there's a little problems going on in your life. I don't ever want my wife to be sick. I don't ever want to come to church without her. I need her every day. She's my friend. She's my, my life, my love. And we've been together too long. I don't know how to walk without her hardly. She's pretty good at telling me how to walk. <laughs> but I don't know how to go where at without her. I'm not putting her down. I love her. But I want you to know something, other. God has got a work in going on in every life. And you've got to understand this. Look at verse, uh, verse 9. So Hannah rose up after that they had eaten in Shiloh and after they had drunk. Now Eli the priest sat upon the seat by the post at the temple of the Lord. You remember now, they've left their hometown and they came to Shiloh and they came there to worship. They came there to offer sacrifice and to worship God. She's down praying. How many knows she had something to pray about? Hannah couldn't have a child. She knew it was in her, and she didn't know what to do about it. 
And it says, verse 10, And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look upon the affliction of thy handmaiden and remember me and not forget thy handmaiden, but will give unto thine handmaiden a man-child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life. There shall no razor come upon his head. And it came to pass as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli marked her mouth. Eli the priest, he's sitting and watching. And he marked her mouth. He saw her praying. And it says, uh, verse 13, Now Hannah, she spake in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she had been drunken. And Eli said to her, How long wilt thou be drunken? Put away thy wine from thee. And Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither no wine nor strong drink, but have, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. How many knows where to go when you've got a problem? Hannah's crying out to God. Let me tell you something. I don't know how old Hannah is, but she's obviously old enough that his other wife was having children. So it was bothering her because this other wife was harassing her about it. But the real truth is Hannah is grieving in her heart. Her greatest desire as a young woman was to have a child. Some of you that's got children on the way, some of you just had children. And I can tell you, I know in your heart you have cried out, oh God, help this baby be okay. Help everything work to your good. Lord, let your will be done in my life. Bring forth what is right in my family and in my life. Hannah's crying out to God. I want you to hear this because it's important. God's trying to say something. I want you to skip down to verse 17 of 1 Samuel 1. It says, Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace. When Eli figured out what was going on, he said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant thee thy petition. What is a petition? It's a formal request. She's making a formal request to God. She's crying out in her heart to God. And guess what the priest did? When he realized she wasn't there mocking or drunk or whatever, he realized the grief that was on her. He told her, you will get what God, what you have petitioned God for. Now look at verse 27. For this child, Hannah said, this child I prayed, and the Lord hath given me my petition, which I ask of him. And you know who that is. That's little Samuel. I don't know why God don't, let everything come out the way you want it to. Sometimes today we have children when we want to have children. If you want to have it on, on uh, midnight on, uh, on the 31st, or if you want to have it on the first, second of the next year, they can arrange it for you. But there wasn't no arrangements going on back then. God was working in Hannah's life. And Hannah's life, Hannah's life was able to, to have children. She was intended to have children. 
God, for some reason, is holding back and he's bringing forth Samuel. And Samuel is not only the last judge, but he's also the first big prophet. And he's a prophet of God. And God was holding it back. How many sees God's will needs to be done? God's will. It's when God's timing is, not when our timing is. Sometimes we want it just like we picture it, like we plan it, and it don't always work out that way. But how many knows God hears the cry of his children? When you cry out to God, God knows where you're crying from. He knows what's in your heart. Now, if you're selfish and you're all about you, then it might not work just the way you think. But I want you to know something. When you're crying out to be, be of what God has called you to be and what you're trying to do is fall into what God has given you. I want to say this because this is important to me. This week, God woke me up and he said to me, why do we pray and God answers prayer? What do you do when God answers your prayer? Listen to me. We cry out from the depths of our heart. And there is not hardly anybody here that's been living very long that ain't cried out to God. Oh, God, save my children. Oh, God, help my child. It's lost. Oh, God, help me. I'm lost. Oh, God, help my husband. Help my wife. They're lost and they need to know you. Or God, help us in this crisis we're in. How many knows we've all cried that way? But can I tell you something? God knows what it means to answer you, and he knows what you're going to do with it. Listen to what I'm telling you because this is important. See, some of us has cried out, oh, God, give me my petition. But when my petition comes, pretty soon I'm whining, I'm whimpering. Every time I get in an argument with my wife, I'd remember God sent her to me. And you know what? Sometimes I'd said to her, I'd say, and she'll, she'll hear this now, and I probably shouldn't say, she tells me never use her. But I'd say to her, I wouldn't have said that to you. She'd say hard things to me. She'd get mad. She, had, she was Irish. She was a flannery. I didn't know what to do with it. <laughs> She'd lose it sometimes. And I deserved it probably. But can I tell you something? I'd always remember God sent her to me. You need to remember God answered your prayers. You need to remember the things in your life that God has brought to you in your life. And he has delivered it into your hands. You may not have everything that your little hearts desire. But the things that you cried out to God and he answered for you, guess what? They're yours to cherish and to work out all of your life. Work at them all of your all of your days. You're not only to receive it, you're to work at it. You're not to whine about it, you're to count it a blessing. So quit griping at your wife. Or quit griping at your husband. Or quit whining at your children all the time. Teach them better. Love them better. Be more like what God wants you to be. He sent you that gift, and he's telling you, if you want it, take it and receive it and start acting on it. Don't cast it aside and say, now I want something else. 
God gave Hannah the petition. Hannah was so desperate. She cried out, oh God, if you'll give me this child, I'll give him back to you, Lord. I'll deliver him back to do your work all of your days, all of his days. See, I think God knows the depths of your cry. He knows the depths of every one of our cries. But what are we doing with it? What are we doing with the answered prayer? Somebody wrote a song. God's greatest gift is unanswered prayers. It's, old country, it's a country song. I don't know if it's Garth Brooks or somebody wrote it. But I thought about that this week, and I know what they mean. I mean, sometimes God don't give you what you want, and it probably is the best thing for you. But I'm not talking about unanswered prayers. I'm talking about answered prayers. I'm talking about something God has done in you personally, and you know the days that you cried out to him for God to heal or God to move in your behalf. What are you doing? Forgetting about those days? Listen to me. That's what God's did for you in your short time of life. It's time to praise him. It's time to act on what he has given you. Don't push it aside. See, we pray for a wife or we pray for a husband. Then we get it and then we put all kinds of restrictions. Well, he's got to do this and he's got to do that. And if he don't wait on me to do this and wait on me to do that, you know what? Pretty soon, the very blessing that God sent you, you, you whine about it so much, God don't hardly recognize it's your blessing no more. It's like you're, you're complaining so much. I don't know why I'm on this. Somebody must be having a hard time. You know? I think it's beautiful that God answers prayer. Don't you? Don't you love to read a story when you know the end of the story and you know it's coming to that day when God says, I will give you your petition. Hannah had a great joy. She had a she had wrote in the second chapter a song about the beauty of what God had answered a prayer. Isn't that beautiful? See, God does answer prayer. But he wants you to understand when you cry out from the depths of your heart for something, listen to me, God don't want to just give you things. God wants, doesn't want to just answer a little prayer. He wants you to take this prayer request and this petition. He wants you to take it into your heart and treasure that what God has given you. Praise God. I remember me and my wife, again I'm telling something, me and my wife, Went putt-putt golfing, and she was pregnant for her first baby, Timmy. And I, don't take us wrong, Timmy. <laughs> we were in a putt-putt golf place, and there was no water in that little bitty thing where you jump the, hit the ball over the thing. And she come walking over there and slipped, and her belly went right smack in the middle of that. And I prayed. Now, listen, I didn't say nothing then. Helped her up. She felt fine. But I prayed, oh, God, don't let nothing be wrong with that baby. See, I don't know that I deserve to have a child that's okay. I was thinking of my failures in life and myself, and I think, God, help my baby. Help my wife to have a healthy baby. 
You may think that's silly. I remember that just like it was yesterday because it was something that I had to do. I had to cry out to God. God answers prayer, and I always hold that, that God is always. He'll bring those things up to you. Sometimes you can go back and look at your pictures, and you'll see things, and you'll remember the days you were living in, the times you were living in. I see my mother and father. I see my family when we were young, and I think about some of the things that we went through. I remember Mark, and I remember different ones. Mark had went to the hospital, had appendicitis, when he was five years old, probably the only, I think mom says the only one in about 18 years of seven kids that went to the hospital, but it happened. But I remember to cry for his heart and for his life that night. See, God has been good to us. God has answered our prayers. God has been gracious to, what are we doing with it? Are we bragging on that or are we just looking at others and saying, ah, well, I got this and I got that and they got their problems, they got their hang-ups. Listen to me, them were sent by God, answered prayers. In Matthew 7, two verses I'm going to read, you've heard them. Ask and it shall be given you, seek and you shall find. Knock and it will be opened unto you. For every one that asks receives, and he that seeks finds, and to him that knocks it shall be opened. What does this mean? When we ask, what does it mean? Why did he mention? Jesus mentioned three different ways, ask, seek, and knock. Why? Number one, asking. When we're asking, we see our need and believe that God, Here's our prayer. How many knows Hannah had a need? And she knew God heard her prayer. She believed God would hear her. She went to the, to the temple that day to pray and to seek God's face for the answer. In the seeking, it says, we search out with obedience. When you go past asking and you don't see nothing, you begin to seek. You begin to search out with obedience for the will of God. God, what is your will? Is it your will to answer this prayer? I'm going to search for you. I'm going to seek you, Lord, for the answer. And the last one is knocking. Knocking means we continually keep coming up. We keep coming to God. Even when the when he does not answer us right away, we keep on coming. Don't quit. If it's in the will of God and you're praying in the will of God and you're praying for something from God, of God, for God, guess what? Keep knocking. God knows exactly where you are. He knows your heart. Sometimes we pray and if we don't get it the next week, we just Say, well, to be or not to be, just let it go. When God wants us to desire his will, and he wants us to desire him to answer that prayer. See, some prayers that's been answered are never forgot by you and I all of our life. All of our life, God answers prayer. 
Some of you know what I'm talking about because it's personal. John 15, 7 says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done to you. Now, I want to tell you something. When you're a child of God, you need to abide in him. I mean, here's what I'm saying. You need to abide in him. You need to listen to his word. You need to abide in the walk that God has done in your life. You need to abide it. When you begin to call upon God to answer prayer, God, I want you to see me walking this. I don't want you to see me in the corner whining for what I want. I want you to see me walking out my walk that you've given me to walk. And when I pray for these things, they're important. Do you pray for a new car when you've got three or four in the driveway already? No. Sometimes we're never content. Don't you know God knows when we're content and when we're not? Don't you know he knows what you're going to do with the answered prayer that, he's, that you're crying out for? He knows what's the purpose behind what you're crying for. Listen to what I'm telling you. We have to have a praying, a praying time, a prayer life. We have to talk to God. Someone that already knows what you're thinking. I want you to turn to Luke 18. First verse of Luke 18. Jesus spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought to always to pray and not to faint. And then he told them the parable. There was in the city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in the city, and she came to him saying, Avenge me of my adversary. And he would not for a while. And then afterwards, he said unto himself, Though I fear not God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest her by her continual coming she wearies me. And the Lord said, listen to this, hear what the unjust judge says. Now Jesus is telling this parable, but he says, listen to what the unjust judge said. What did he say? He said, I'm going to go ahead and deal with this lady because I don't want to have her coming to me every few minutes. He's going to answer her prayer. I'm going to take care of her problem. Not that I normally really uh, want to deal with her. I'd rather just push her out the door. But let me tell you something. If, if that unjust judge knows how to take you out of his face, how many knows God knows how to answer your prayer and to get you, and he'll answer it rightly. He's not an unjust judge. He's knowing that when you come to him, come continually to him. I mean, here's what I'm saying. We have to be ready to go after it. Do you go after your prayer request? Do you follow up on it? Or have you just prayed for what you want and there's nothing else to do. You have to follow up. You have to go after. I'm, I'm sure Hannah goes after what she's after. 
Jesus is telling them, you need to go after this. When you come to God, when men ought to always pray, you need to come to God. What do we do when we come to God? We enter into that closet, that war room. We enter into that place, and we get alone with the Father, and we begin to pour out our heart to our Heavenly Father. We begin to lift Him. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be that name. We, we raise Him up. We lift Him up. Then we begin to pray and seek His face. Then we bring our request. But by then, can I tell you something? The very spirit of God that's in the child of God, it will correct you in your praying. You'll be praying in his will. See, I remember going to see Steve Rogers, Duran. That night, we went, went up to the hospital. Me and Shirley drove up there. And they said it didn't look good. And I don't know what made me think it, but... All the way up there in the car, I kept telling Shirley, you need to be there for Pam, his wife. And I said, I'm going to pray for him to come back. I said that to Shirley. And I don't know why I never prayed for somebody to raise from the dead before in my life. And I thought, this ain't going to work too good. But can I tell you something? I walked in that little hospital in Wilmington, and they, we stood there a couple minutes Tony and Sharon, and they come and draw us back there and told us he had been gone. There was nothing they could do. And the doctor was real cold acting. And I looked at him and I said, I want to see his body. And he said, well, he's back there in that room. I said, I want to go, I want to go see his body. So they let me go in there by myself. I went in there. And I grabbed Steve's feet. They were cold already. And I said, God, I came up here knowing that I was going to pray this way. And I began to pray, God, this is my friend. This is somebody we sing together. We played together. I watched him weep and cry. Saw him get saved. 39 years old. Two days before Easter. And I held him, held his feet. And all of a sudden, Bill, my prayer began to change. The Holy Spirit hit me. And I began to thank him for all the times we'd had together. And I began to say, God, he was such a lovely guy. And I loved him so much. He was like my little brother. We'd shared a lot of things. God changed my prayer. The Holy Spirit changed the way I was praying. I couldn't pray for him to come back. I was trying to. I was trying to work up to it. But see, God had his own plan. And I had to receive that. But I remember the Holy Spirit changed my prayer. I remember telling Whitey, Whitey, I went in there to pray for him to come back. But God changed my prayer. I couldn't, do, I couldn't even pray for him to come back. You think that's kind of a strange thing to say? I can't help what it's to you. I know what it was to me because I know that was on my heart when I went up there. No warning. He wasn't sick seemingly or anything. Died at 39 years old. 
we will pray in God's will if we'll open ourselves up to him. Pray for his will, not ours. <clears throat> and shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night to him, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, shall he find faith on the earth. Is when Jesus comes, is he going to find us believing him? Is he going to find faith that we believe God will answer our prayers? Or has he got a church that's sitting back saying, what will be, will be, we'll just let it go. See, I believe we are to rise up and to believe and to pray in the will of God for the things that needs to happen in our days. God's trying to answer our prayers. And some of them he's answered. Some of you are sitting there knowing that God wants to answer your prayer as, or has already answered your prayer and you're doing nothing with it. Hey, I'm, I'm just telling you what I feel like God said to me. See, I know I was not the person to get up in front of people and talk because I wasn't that person in school. I couldn't get up in front of nobody. But when I know God said things to me, I had to get up and say them. And when God says these things to me, he's telling me, you do it. And I give him 50 excuses. I had a list of them. He didn't want to hear it. 1 John 14, 5, 14. And this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. If we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we will have the petition that we desired of him. We can have our petition, but we'll ask in the will of God. We'll ask desiring to please him. I want to read a scripture that you've heard all your life, but I want to read the verse after it also. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven, and forgive their sins, and will heal their land. Then listen to what God says. Now my eyes shall be opened, and my ears attentive unto the prayer that is made in this place. Uh-oh. See, God not only said, if my people will, he not only showed you how to approach him, but now he says, I'm waiting now. Are you going to cry out to me? Are you going to come to me with your petition? Believe me, I'm waiting to hear. Now that I've told you, I'm waiting to hear. Who's going to cry out? Who's going to call upon me? I'm waiting. Ephesians 6.18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching there too with all perseverance and supplications for all saints. That's our spiritual warfare. Our spiritual warfare is to pray always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. 
Philippians 4, 6 says, Be careful for nothing. In everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. What does that mean? That means worry less and pray more. How many hears that? Worry less and pray more. You know how many times we, uh, we get something other, a rainy day, and all of a sudden we're worried to death. Something don't go right, we're worried to death. God says, worry less and pray more. In four, uh, Colossians 4, 2, it says, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. Come on back up, man. I want you to hear this. Our prayers must be aligned with three things. And I want you to hear what I'm telling you. You need to pray, but when you pray, align yourself with His will. It's His will, not yours. I want to fulfill my will or my, my life. I want to fulfill it with what God wants to be doing in it. Don't you? Don't you want to fulfill what God's trying to do in your life? Well, then guess what? You need to do his will. And that's what that John 5.14 was talking about. Ask according to his will. The other thing is our prayer should be aligned with his word. What does that mean? I want to tell you something you ain't probably heard before. When you pray, pray his language. Let me hear what I said. Pray what God wants you to pray. Pray his language. Don't come up with some organized, beautiful prayer that you think impresses God. God wants you to pour out your heart from him, and he wants you to know his words. See, if I know what his word says and I believe him, then when I call on him, he knows I'm, I'm thinking on his word and trying to fulfill his word in my prayer. I mean, here's what I'm saying. You think God accidentally wrote down those words? No, he told us how to pray. He said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and lead us not into temptation. Do you know that's what we ought to be praying? You know what you're praying? You're praying his way. You're praying his word. You're praying... And you are praying his language. That's God's language. I don't know if that makes sense to you. It made sense to me. Maybe it's just me. But he also, the other one is, the third one is, our prayer must be aligned with the, his way. What does that mean? His way is God so loved. How many knows God so loved? If he didn't so love, See, we would never fit in. But if we're going to pray his way, we should love like he loves. Shouldn't we? God so loved me, I should love others as he loved me. I should have mercy because he had mercy on me. How many knows that's the way we're to pray? Pray his way. Don't come to God and say, I just want what I want. 
No, Lord, put put others ahead of me. Lord, I want to see your will done in their life. I will know that you're not willing that any should perish, but all come to repentance. Are you ready to accept and to act on God answering your prayer? Are you ready? If God answers the prayer that you've been crying out to Him, are you ready to act on it? Are you ready to receive it? See, when I prayed for a wife, she didn't come perfect. She prayed for a husband, he didn't come perfect. How many knows what I'm talking about? Took a lot of work, Bill, after that took a lot of patience it took them growing me growing but it took the grace of God more than anything to keep us together but it was the gift of God that brought us I'm not condemning nobody I'm not trying to put us above anybody I'm not saying anything like that I'm just trying to tell you that when you ask God for something don't put it off See, I can't set my wife. I couldn't set her at home in an apartment and say, Honey, I know we got married, but I ain't got time for you right now. I'm busy with my own schedule. I got my own job. I got my own money I want to do. I want my own things I want to do. Let me tell you something. You better take the treasure that God gave you, and you better carry it to your knees and say, God, let me receive what you gave me with all my heart don't let me put things above what God has given me as the gift that he's working in my life Hannah had a son that she promised to God and she gave him back to him I mean here's what I'm saying I want you to hear that because it's a great importance Hannah was given a child. She never could have had a child. But when she cried out and she finally got that child, she brought it back to him and she honored her word to God because he honored her by giving her a request. And I'm telling you, God's trying to answer the request of some of you. But you got to understand there's a price to pay. There's a cost that's going to cost you. But it will be worth it all. Lord, it'll be worth it all. I want my prayers answered. But if God answers them, what am I going to do with them? Am I going to set them aside? Am I going to just go on to something else? God's trying to fulfill a complete life in you. I believe Hannah's big day this day I mean here's what I'm saying Hannah's big day was having Samuel you can think what you want but I'd rather have it written that way is to have a story of all the things that she could have done in her life and never had a child listen to what I'm telling you I'm not trying to condemn nobody or put anybody ahead, uh, ahead of nobody else but cry out to God with your petition and when he answers you receive it 
Don't put it off. When God showed me and my wife told me when to show up for the wedding, you know what? I couldn't put it off. My whole life changed that day. There's no more about what I wanted to do. I didn't know that yet, but I'd find it out. You know what? God was gracious. He brought us together and helped us to be one in him. See, God's still been on my side. He's still on my side. He still answered my prayer. He still answers my wife's prayer. She lost her daddy on her 10th anniversary. I, I wept so much for her because she was so hurt. I think every trial we went through made us stronger. Everything she hurt hurt me. I couldn't do enough for her. She's the same with me. When something grieved me, it grieved her. Let me tell you something. This treasure that God has given us, this beautiful Christian life, this beautiful blessed life of God, don't make us better than nobody else, but it makes us fulfilled in him. Receive what God has answered your prayer. I don't know why I'm saying it that way, but that's the way I see it. Everybody stand, if you will. Young people, I know the world has everything in the world on the plate every day. You got a thousand things you can do in one day, and they got a quicker way of doing it all the time. I told you before, it took my mother three days to do our laundry, seven kids and mom and dad. And that was going up and down basement steps and hanging out in the line outside and doing it through the roller ringer, uh, ringer washer. Things have changed. It's not that we ain't got time to spend three days doing our laundry, but we don't want that time. We don't want to take that time. We push a button and go off and do five other things that day. I know there's more to it. I know you got to fold clothes and separate them. She's trying to tell me some of that stuff. God loves us, but he's working on his people. He's trying his best to get us prepared to go forward for him. Don't take advantage of the prayer life that you have. Don't take advantage of the things that God has given you. They're answered prayers. I thank God for answered prayers, don't you? I thank you, Lord, for answered prayers. You've answered prayers that nobody else knew about. You knew all about it, Lord. You answered my heart when I cried to you. He knows every heart here. You need him. He is our tomorrow. Praise God. If you don't know him, you come today. We'll show you in scripture how to get saved. But if you have a need to draw close to him, if you have a need for a prayer request that needs to be answered, let God's people get around you and bear that burden with you and cry and weep. 
because we know our Heavenly Father. We're not, we're not into your business. We don't want to know none of your business. But we want to call upon the one that knows the heart's cry. While they sing, you come to me. It hasn't been a bed of roses since I've started on my way. Lord, you know I'm not complaining. There's just something I should say before I've reached desperation.
Thank you for your patience today. Uh, I know this is an odd message, but I want—I wanted to say it on the young people's account. When I was young, I couldn't have went to college. I wanted to marry my wife. Can I tell you that went to the top of the list? You say, wow. I see parents today and they got plans on their kids going for years at college and buy a house and have the best job and all that before they ever make plans to get married. And I think to myself, I must have been raised in another generation because I could not, could not wait. I wanted my wife for myself. I wanted to take her and go to my own place and have my own place and live our own life. You guys might think I'm real selfish, but I was, I was looking at it on the God side. I thought to myself, God, you sent her here. I can't put that off. Bill, I didn't know where to put it off to. I just kept saying, Lord, I know I love you. I know you saved me, and I know you're first. But, God, you gave me, you sent me what I needed, and I don't want to put it, push it aside or put it away. It may, be, it may disappear if I push it away. I'm going to act on it now. Okay? Now, you all go home and think I'm nuts. I don't really know what to tell you. And I love my wife, and I'm not trying to lift her above nobody else. But I just know God has a better plan. And he's took our lives, and he's put us together, and every rainy day, he's there. Every rainy day, he's there. When the rain comes, we just pray. We just pray a different way. Say, Lord, whatever you want, that's all that we want. We want to be where you want us to be. When they go through the valleys, on the other side, Lord, we're going to be walking with you. Listen to me, young people. Life's very short. Some of the things you have and some of the things you let go of, you can't ever get back. Hold on to what God's gave you. When you see it's from God, grab a hold of it. Be possessive, I guess. You know? Praise God. I don't know why I'm saying that. You know, y'all, I know you're looking at me kind of odd, and I don't know what to tell you. But I don't, want our, I don't want the enemy to get in the midst of things. He's got a way of getting in destroying things. We need him. From the young to the old, we need him. Praise God. 